drum roll please yes why because we are on episode five of the faith-fueled business podcast with your hostess with the mostest yours truly ebony l trust and you must say the l because it is sexy this is a milestone podcast five episodes in a row and so i want to thank you for being a part of this movement the faith fueled business movement and for tuning in to my podcast and of course i want to thank you for subscribing so now i want to tell you about the time that I was hoodwinked, bamboozled, run amok, led astray. (laughs) And if you've ever been betrayed in business, you can relate. If you've ever been betrayed by a business partner or, you know, a business opportunity gone wrong, anything like that, you will be able to relate. Or even if it's not been in business, even if it's been, you know, a relationship or something like that where you have been hoodwinked, (laughs) bamboozled, run amok, and led astray, then you'll be able to relate. So I shared in previous episodes how uh, back in 2011, I stepped out on faith and I started a private, a, a private Christian school. Now, I got a word from God in 2006 about the school so in 2006 I was finishing up my master's degree in elementary education and I was just getting up from my laptop after doing some sort of work and it dropped in my spirit start a school and that's all I heard I'm like okay all right and so in the days after that I I made the decision that when my oldest son Gabriel was headed to kindergarten that's when I was going to start the school so that he would not have to go to public school now at this time he was almost two so um when he started kindergarten uh at four years old I enrolled him in a private school that is in our city this was about 2010 so I enrolled him into that school he, you know, had a great first year that moved him from uh, the four-year-old kindergarten to the five-year-old kindergarten. He excelled. He did well. And then one day in the spring, I walked into the headmaster's office and the thought hit me, because I can't say it was God, but the thought hit me, tell her about your desire to start a school or tell her about you starting a school and so it took me a couple of you know days to kind of get the courage to have that conversation and so finally one day I sat down with the headmaster and you know told her what I believe I had heard from God you know and and she was supportive you know she you know expressed that she thought that it would be you know great for me all that good stuff so fast forward a few weeks, a couple of months, and I went to go pick up Gabriel and the headmaster stopped me and called me into her office. And she said, listen, Ebony, we have decided, her husband and herself, we have decided to get out of the business. And so we wanted to give it to you and allow you to take over. 
So the door of opportunity to start my school just kind of flew open in front of me. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like this is, you know, oh, like I I was just, I was floored and I was very grateful. And I, I said to her that I would pray about it, of course, talk to my husband and get back to her. And so I started praying and I talked to my husband. And one thing that I know about myself, because as a business owner, you have to be aware of the type of person that you are, your personality, your bent, right? And so I know about myself that there are times that I can get super excited about an opportunity, about a thing, and it will crowd out the voice of God. It will crowd out the peace of God. It will crowd out the direction of Holy Spirit because I'm so excited about it, especially if it looks as if it's lining up with what God has already given me or has already said. So I talked to my husband and he was, uh, you know, he was just kind of iffy and I just became angry with him. Like, can't you see this is God? You know, like, what's wrong with you? Like, you ain't saved for real. <laughs> you know, it was that kind of thing. Like, you know, oh my gosh, like, how can you question this? And my husband, fortunately, has always been my biggest supporter. And he told me, he said, if you are on board with this, I'll be on board too. Because I don't want you to ever look back at something, at an opportunity, an open door, or something, and say, I didn't pursue it because of my husband. And so he was like, with that, I will give you the go-ahead. And I'm like, okay, all right. So I needed money to get started. So I went down to the credit union where I had an account, and I applied for a loan for $5,000. And at the time, I wasn't like really aware of my credit. I didn't think it was all that stellar. Plus I had student loans and you know, all this kind of stuff. We had just bought the house about three years prior. Um, I'm sorry, no, we had bought the house that year in 2006. So about four years prior. You know, so, you know, just, just, I wasn't really sure. And so I, I'm sitting in the loan officer's office and I'm, you know, I'm praying under my breath and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, everything is going through and the song Yes by Shekinah Glory comes on. And I'm like, God, is that you telling me this thing going to go through? You know, so she's at the computer, the loan officer, and, and, and I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm nervous. And, you know, I'm just saying, I don't know how to feel, but I'm trying to stay in faith. And, you know, my, my mind is going back and forth to maybe so, maybe not, maybe so. And I'm listening to yes, you know, going on all these feelings and emotions. And I'm just like, ah, will you please just tell me what my results are? Right. And so she turns around. She's like, OK, you're approved. And I was just like, okay, this has got to be God. This has got to be God because it's got to be, <laughs> you know. So she writes me a check for $5,000 and I deposit it into my account right there at the credit union. 
And so I got this loan and I went back to uh, the headmaster and her husband, let them know that we were, you know, all systems go. I had gotten a budget together and I'd done all this forecasting based on what she told me. I was going to have this many students who were going to be there. Um, it was supposed to be something like 25 students who were going to uh, remain at the school and um, this was the tuition amount that they were used to paying so you just kind of you know go with that until like you get everything together she was leading me she was kind of mentoring me to uh, uh, to prepare me for this new role of leading my own school and so we met with them uh, the week before I was to actually open the doors well actually take over um, and, and so uh, my husband and, and I sat down with um, her and her husband and you know we talked or whatever so I handed them uh, a cashier's check for four thousand dollars because we were renting the building from them so that was uh, the uh, uh, security deposit and first month's rent so four thousand dollars this was August of 2011 now mind you I had quit my tenured teaching position I had quit I had quit my position um, and went full headlong into my school running my school so we gave the four thousand dollars and her husband left out I'm assuming you know to go deposit or you know whatever it was and so you know we shook hands and everything and rah 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 and so I took a minute after they left out and I sat in what was going to be my office you know at the front of my school this thing that God had given me to do and I you know I'm just I'm so proud I'm like you know hey uh, Gabriel's going into first grade and he'll be able to go to first grade at my school you know I'll get to be there you know all the time because previous to that every first day that he had had was my first day too and so I couldn't be like the parents, you know, who could record and, you know, do all those like, pictures and stuff because I had to be in, in my classroom while he was at another school going into his classroom. And so I was looking forward to being able to have those memories and those opportunities and, and that kind of thing. But almost immediately, the problems started. So... All, all this shady behavior started happening. For example, I couldn't use my school name, the School for Excellence. The, head, uh, the former headmaster told me, you know, to, to kind of keep the, uh, the, the state, quote unquote, um, at bay or whatever. You know, like just kind of keep the whole thing um, kosher, as it were. To when I answered the phone, I had to say their school name. When I um, did flyers and stuff, I couldn't put the name of my school on there. Now, mind you, I had incorporated, I had gotten all my stuff together. Like, I was legit a school owner. Like, I was registered everywhere. I was legit, but I couldn't use my name on anything or my school's name. When she would have meetings, she would come over 
and I would essentially be put out of the office. So anytime she had a meeting and she was like, um, like sell purses and stuff on the side. So like she would do like little purse shows and I would literally get put out of the office while <laughs> she did these shows. And we opened the doors the day after Labor Day, September of 2011, to welcome in our first uh, group of students. But four weeks prior to that, she, the, the former headmaster basically told me that half of the students had decided not to return. Now, somewhere in me, I knew that she already knew that. So when she had given me that number of 25 students that I was building all of my numbers off of, essentially, at that point, I only had like 11 students, one of which was my own, so he wasn't paying. So really, I only had 10 students, and immediately, I could not pay myself anything. So now here I am. I have quit my job. I can't pay myself anything. I can't use the office at least once or twice a week. I can't advertise using my own name. I'm essentially stuck. And so opening day, September, um, I want to say it was the third. It was the day after Labor Day of that year. My one paid worker who just happened to be the sister and sister-in-law of the former headmasters did not show up. Now, she told me that she had traveled out of town for the holiday and was stuck wherever she was. I believe that she was just at home and it was the whole thing was a grand setup from the very beginning. But I was determined, I was determined that I was going to make this thing work. So in the Alabama heat, in late summer, I would beat the street. I would pass out flyers. I mean, I would talk to anybody who would listen. I solicited volunteers to help me to, to get the word out. I was posting on social media. I was doing everything that I knew to do. And then one day... I was so stressed out and so frustrated by this business that I really believed was from God. I was so on edge. I sat in my office and I cried and I cried and I cried. And then I grabbed my kahunas (laughs) and I started walking through the building and I started decreeing and confessing and I was thanking God for what he was doing and just that he hadn't left me and I just started calling in, you know, just like decreeing and declaring and calling in students and I just, oh. I didn't know what else to do. I had done everything that I knew to do. 
However, and maybe you can relate to this, all of that activity didn't yield any new students. I still had my same original ones. And so we called in the former headmasters because I told my husband, I said, we're not going to be able to make the rent. It's $2,000 for this building and we're not going to be able to make it. And so we called them in to explain and to ask if they would let us out of the lease, you know, because it just, it wasn't working. And part of it was the fact that they kind of wouldn't let us work it, wouldn't let me work it. So their stance was, well, let's just continue to believe God Let's just continue to pray and we're going to trust God on it. I don't think it's, we don't think it's over yet. We think that you're going to do great at this. And so they basically talked me back into staying. Then a couple of weeks later, the bottom totally fell out on me. The former headmaster, she called me one night and she said, you have been shut down by the state. And I'm like, what? She's like, the state has shut you down for child neglect. And I'm in awe, like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? Oh, you have been abusing or neglecting the children. You hadn't been feeding, da 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 all this lies just lies and it was so crazy and my heart started beating fast and I felt my head get hot because I was so angry and I was so tired and I was so stressed out and I was mad I was mad I was livid and she said You have to get all of your stuff and get out, vacate the building by tomorrow afternoon. And in that moment, I really felt like I had totally missed God. Now, I'm pretty sure that you want to know how I came back from that and what happened, how I bounced back. And I'm going to tell you tomorrow (laughs) on episode six but I do want to share with you the lessons that I learned from this part of the experience because I believe they apply to your business as well so the first lesson I learned is that every good thing is not a God thing I'm gonna say that again every good thing is not a God thing so weigh it out and pray it out Now, it's very true that every God thing is a good thing. Because when the Lord blesses, he doesn't add sorrow to it. The scripture tells us that. But not every good thing is a God thing. And I came to understand that even though starting the school was a good thing, because of the timing, which I talk more about, tomorrow in episode six was not a God thing. So you have to weigh it out 
and you have to pray it out. Sometimes you have to just flat out wait. And patience is definitely a virtue when it comes to your business. So remember that every good thing is not a God thing. Every God thing is a good thing. So weigh it out and pray it out. The second thing I learned is that you need a business bestie. So one of the volunteers that I mentioned was a young lady who I actually taught with before I left my tenure teaching job. I actually taught with her. Beautiful soul. Beautiful soul. And she had quit just before I did because she had had a baby. And so she agreed to come and she basically said, listen, I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe in what you're doing. And so I'll come. Just pay me whatever you can. And listen, sometimes that whatever you can was like 40 bucks for the week. It was chump change. But she became my business bestie. She became somebody whom I could rely on to pray for me. Especially on the days when I was so exhausted and so stressed out that I could not even utter a prayer. You need a business bestie. Either somebody who gets your business, somebody who gets you, or preferably both. Somebody who gets you and what you do. (laughs) Now those are sometimes difficult to find. Like they're diamonds in the rough. But once you find your business bestie, hold on to that person. Yes. Then the third thing I learned, and this is so critical, because I felt like I had totally missed God. I'm like, this can't possibly be God. This can't be God, because everything is falling apart. Where did I mess up? I felt like I had let God down. I had let my husband down. I had let my children down. I had let my students down. I let myself down. But here's what I need for you to get today. Especially if you have ever felt in that place. Or if you find yourself feeling like that now. Here's the third thing that I learned and the revelation that you need to catch too. It is impossible to miss God when your heart is right toward a thing. I need you to catch that today. It is impossible to miss God when your heart is right toward a thing. When, when, because listen, I really truly in my heart of hearts believed that I that that was an open door of opportunity that I was supposed to walk through based on the word that I had from God now I didn't weigh it out and I didn't pray it out but my heart was right so even though I didn't weigh it out and I didn't pray it out I believe that God's mercy and his grace activated 
on my behalf. And it'll do the same for you. Now, I want to be one of your business besties. And I'm telling you all of my stories, all of my stuff, because I want you to know that I'm, number one, that I'm on your side and that I want to help look out for you. So that's why I keep mentioning my business startup kit for Christians. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Right? And it's going to be amazing. All right? And I want you to pick it up as soon as it is available because it is going to give you what you need to get started the right way. I said before, checklists, spreadsheets. Listen, there are 50 income generating ideas in this thing. Like it is an amazing piece of free (laughs) because it's totally free, right? And it's free, totally free, no strings attached because my business exists to help you start or grow a business that honors God launches your spiritual gifts and helps you to transform the lives of your clients and customers. So when it's ready, you'll be the first to know. Now, I want you to join me tomorrow so I can tell you how this whole thing played out and really what was going on behind the scenes that I didn't know about until afterward. And then what I had to do as a result. Thank you for joining me today. And I'll see you tomorrow.